Al, we are 153 episodes in. Dang. And it's time to get controversial. Uh-oh. Talk about two controversial games. Cool. Because that's what we he- we're here to do. And everyone's favorite series, the Final Fantasy series, where no one has any dissenting opinions whatsoever. No, not ever. <laughs> about anything. Anything at all. Uh, hello, welcome to this week's episode of Season Lamb Checkup OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, manga. I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Al and Ladium. Hello. And we're going to talk about some Final Fantasy games. Some, I guess one is a main series game, the other is not a main series game. Mm-hmm. But not the same games that you would expect from the Final Fantasy series. Mm-mm. They are... Um, non-traditional Final Fantasy games. We'll That's put it a that good way. way to describe it, yeah. If I was in marketing, I'd be like, yeah, that's this is how we were going to market these games. You know, the non-traditional <laughs> Final Fantasy. <laughs> uh, we yeah, are going yeah, to talk about a game that somehow we have not talked about on this podcast, even though we've definitely talked about it on this podcast. We've definitely talked about it on the podcast, but we have not, we've not dedicated a lot of time to it. Correct. Uh, we're going to talk about Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. Mm-hmm. And then also, we're going to make this a very long podcast. By I'm just going to sit here and talk for like eight hours. <sighs> um, and we're going to talk about Final Fantasy fourteen, A game I recently beat? <laughs> or finished up at least the main story? <laughs> you know, I don't think there's really any beating of it unless you're like, I've maxed out all of the... The, the jobs and roles and everything, which that was just, I, that's a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, don't do not do that. A lot of time. But you get, like, a mount if you do that. What kind of mount? I don't know, but you get, like, a rare mount if you max mm. out all the jobs. <laughs> Anyways, we'll get to that later in the episode. First, we're going to talk about Mystic Quest, the very controversial Final Fantasy game that people don't like. Mm-mm. Because it was not that Final Fantasy they were looking for. And that's because Square was like, hey, the U.S. market is pretty dumb. (laughs) They don't understand these JRPGs. What if we made one just for them? (laughs) (laughs) And that's what they did. That's what they did. Here we are. Uh, This game originally came out on October 5th, 1992 in North America first. Which is uh, very prominent. And then, almost a year later, on September 10th, 1993, it came to Japan as Final Fantasy USA Mystic Quest. <laughs> and then came to Europe on in October of 93 as Mystic Quest Legend. Hmm. Which I think that's due to like some weird trademark thing of why they changed that. I, I, there is a story about that, I think, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so yeah, this is basically around the height of Square making... Final Fantasy, I think, um, let me double check. I would say by this point, Final Fantasy 4 had come out, or as it would be called here in America, Final Fantasy 2. 2. Yeah. It would have been out both in Japan and North America by this point, a year to the fact. So Final Fantasy 4 has been out for a year at this point. Um, And of course, like, you know, this is a series that's doing gangbusters in Japan, but when it comes to North America, it's not doing so hot because this is a genre that North American players aren't really accustomed to or used to. 
Um, this is also, by the time this comes out, two months later, Square is going to put out Final Fantasy V in Japan. Which is a, another game that they are not going to bring over here. Because I mean, they will not bring over another Final Fantasy game until six, aka Final Fantasy three, which is a, a game we've talked about before on this podcast. Yes, a very good game. Um, which five is something that Squirrely Al decided that she was going to find a fan translated version of. Like, I don't remember which one of the downloading services it was. It's one of those terrible ones that like probably would inflict you with 10,000 viruses. That's how um, those work. Yeah, but I definitely got a fan translation of Final Fantasy V because I really wanted to play it. Mm -hmm. And that was when I realized that his name was Butts. So when I saw the official translation later was Bartz, I'm like, who the hell is Bartz? <laughs> his name's Butts. Buds. Buds. Never, never forget Butts. Salute him. Let's talk about development of this game. All right, let's do it. Um, because it is a it's a weird thing. Mm -hmm. um, from Wikipedia, which is where we usually steal all these development stuff from. Uh, although designed by one of Square's development teams in Japan, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest was specifically geared for the U.S. market. At the time, console RPGs were not a major genre in North America, just like we just talked about. Square mm -hmm. attempted to broaden the genre's appeal through Mystic Quest. Square had already released several Final Fantasy spinoffs in North America, including the three titles in the Saga series as Final Fantasy Legend, and the first Mana series game as Final Fantasy Adventure, which those were Game Boy games, I want to say. Um... And wished to further break into the popular American consciousness. Square's executive cited that the alleged difficulty of RPGs is the main reason Americans shied away from them and eased the difficulty level by tweaking various aspects of the main series gameplay. Which is also something... Okay, this is actually going to get to it. The American release of Final Fantasy IV was altered to make the game simpler, for example. So that was something that they were trying to do to make it more appealable, is that the U.S. versions of Final Fantasy games were easier, quote-unquote than their Japanese counterparts. I think in some ways that, like... There's one one game in particular that... I don't know if it was something that Square did or someone else did that, like... They tried to make it easier for U.S. audiences, but actually made it harder. <laughs> nice. I think, like, by messing up with, like, the experience gain or something like that. Um, oh, my God. That might be Revelations Persona. Oh. I don't, there's some. There's definitely a game I've played that the U.S. version is like inadvertently harder for whatever reason. Uh, Mystic Quest was to take this one step further, and the Japanese developers worked with the American offices to make sure that the game was accessible to children. Uh, <sighs> Mystic Quest was developed in a ga graphic and gameplay style similar to Final Fantasy Legend 3, part of the aforementioned Saga series. The gameplay shares numerous similarities with the title, featuring a very similar battle system, graphical interface, and dungeon system. Even the jump feature from Final Fantasy Legend 3 has been reproduced in almost all of the icons from caves to enemy sprites are a color-upgraded version of the Final Fantasy Legend 3's character, character set. Uh, besides allowing for computer-controlled allies, the game did away with random battles, complicated storylines, and text-based menus. To appeal to the perceived taste of North American audiences, which gravitated toward fast-paced games, Square included action-adventure game elements. Players could now brandish weapons outside of battle, jump, use a grappling hook, and set bombs to open new paths. North American <sighs> translator Ted Woolsey explained that the action-adventure players are larger in number and the demographic is different. They tend to be younger and like the idea of jumping straight to the action with a sword in their hands. It's an empowerment issue. You get to go out there, start whacking things, and it feels good. With the, with the more traditional RPGs, it takes a good 15 or 20 hours of playing before you're finally hooked. 
Uh, Woolsey stated that the Mystic Quest was all was one of the easiest games he had to translate due to the game's small size. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean he's used to translating huge games. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that um, this was mine and Keller's first Final Fantasy game. There you go. Um, we had Final Fantasy. Well, no, that's a lie. We had Final Fantasy on the NES, but this was the first Ugh. one that we. Uh, yeah, but we. We had it, but we didn't really get into it. But like Mystic Quest is where we got into it. And then we're like, all right, this is a good series. Mm-hmm. We're into it. Um, so while we had the original Final Fantasy, like it wasn't something like we we thought Dragon Warrior was better. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah, Dragon Warrior at the time was a, a more accessible version of an RPG than Final Fantasy was. Right. Especially so, with our first iterations. <laughs> uh, so yeah, then we got Mystic Quest because... Um, it was it's funny because uh our grandparents granny and pop uh wanted to get us a game and they're Mm. just like look at this cover it looks interesting (laughs) so they just got it because of the cover but then keller and i was like this is amazing see i didn't really know about this game i didn't know about it at the time because i was not playing rpgs at all on Mm -hmm. the super nintendo or anything so i didn't really learn about this game until well after the fact when basically everyone's just like dogging on it Mm mm-hmm as like, oh, it's the game for babies and all that sort of Baby stuff. Game. So that was my first introduction to this game. I and mean, when did it come out again? 92. 92. So, I mean, like, I was small. Mm-hmm. I was, what, four? Am I mathing right? Yeah. Because I would have been two. So, so I was four and Keller was eight. So we were, like, perfect ages for a game like this. Right. Like, it made sense that we would be super into it. Mm-hmm. But we were. We were super into it. <laughs> so I guess I could technically blame this game for my love of RPGs. So in, in a way, Square was right. Yeah. I mean, they really they got were. you hooked. Because, like, that's, as you know, like, my favorite genre of games. And I started with this game and then, like, just kept playing them. Mm-hmm. To the point that I, like, through, again, through shady means, obtained a fan-translated version of Final Fantasy V. Like, that says something. Mm-hmm. That says something. So they weren't wrong. But anyway, yeah, my grandparents got me this. And I interrupted you. I don't remember what I was saying, so. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um... So yeah, like obviously, you know, Square had an idea of what they wanted to do with this game. They wanted to make it. This was the this was their North American game. Mm-hmm. They wanted to. This is their introductory course into JRPGs, because obviously, like we talked about, they weren't selling well at the time in America. So, you know, if you're going to break into that market, why not try and do it in a way that you know teaches people how to play these games? And this kind of does that. Like, it's not like a necessarily one to one correlation to most. Uh, traditional JRPG elements because like like they talk about like random battles aren't here mm-hmm. they're just nodes on a map which for better or worse like I think that's actually a good idea that more games should utilize like yeah. I, I like that idea but I get why like why that would be such like a controversial move and why that wouldn't necessarily teach people exactly what that means like what a JRPG actually is um, and then like some of the stuff like you know just like equipment management and party management and all that sort of stuff really is non-existent in this game Right, because it's more like you just have whoever shows up show mm-hmm. up, and then like you just get like a new item. It's like, oh, that's the better one, so I'm gonna use that. <laughs> um, 
And of course, like the story in this game is just non-existent, basically. Basic. <laughs> it is the most basic fantasy story that you could base you could you can imagine, essentially. Yep. Um so like you're not coming to this game for the story. You're not no, coming to this sure game for not. the gameplay or anything. But we are two people who like this game. Yeah, and actually, like, we, we were just having conversation before this that I was like, oh, man, you know, I have to remind myself what the story was. And then I'm like, wait, no, we don't, because there is not really a yeah. story. Um, but both of us really like this game. Mm -hmm. And I think it is necessary to say that, like, both of us have replayed it relatively recently. There's so a randomizer for this game? Oh, shoot. Is there really? There is. <gasps> we need to do that someday. Please it's, let us it's do weird. that. It's weird. I bet. But, like, so was Link to the Past, and we got through that. You know. Um, I don't remember what I was talking about. We were saying that we both like this game, even though, right. like, it's weird. And I was saying that we both have played it recently, mm -hmm. so it's not, like, a nostalgia thing of, like, right, oh, Right, definitely, because I didn't start playing JRPGs until, really, I met you. <laughs> <laughs> how about that well like I, I played persona 3 like that was really the entry point yeah because outside mean, of that like i didn't play final fantasy games until i i met you right i so. mean like we we met because of persona but mm -hmm. um i kind of like dragged you through into the like jrpg mm -hmm. world with me i've been here for a while i'm like one of the hardened vets of jrpg <laughs> land um, and this is also a game that, like, Square's basically forgotten about. Yeah, they have. Like, uh, the main character hasn't really shown up in the city or anything. He shows up in uh, Theater Rhythm, the uh, the second game, because there are two songs in that. Nice. From the soundtrack. But Good job, Benjamin. Basically, outside of that, like, it's like, oh, yeah, Mystic Quest. <laughs> yeah, about that. Um, and I think, like, if you go into this game knowing what it is knowing that it is a beginner JRPG, like, you can find enjoyment in it, even though, like, you know, you're not going to get, like, groundbreaking writing or storytelling or anything in this game. Like, it's just a game, like, just to sit down and chill for, like, 10 hours and, you know, turn your brain off and kind of just have fun with. And like, listen to some rockin' music. Listen to one of the best Final Fantasy soundtracks. Ever. 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 Uh, which is saying something, because this is not an Uematsu joint. Mm -hmm. They're like, no, nah, you don't great. need to do this one. <laughs> um, uh, this soundtrack was done by Ryuji Sasai and Yasuhiro Katakami. Um, Sasai basically, prior to doing Mystic Quest, he did the he did the soundtrack for Final Fantasy Legend Three. So again, like basically, it seems like they a lot of just they just took that team and were like, hey, make a make a a game similar to this but easier and for the fam Super Famicom. Um, he did some anime work in the mid to early to mid eighties. Um, got into game development or game composition in the late late eighty nine and then into the the nineties. He worked on Zack and Zack Two, which were PC eighty eight games. Mm -hmm. um, a game called Frey and Magical Adventure. Uh, and then he worked on Final Fantasy Legend Three Mystic Quest, where he basically started uh, working for Square. Um, he also did work on another Square JRPG that never came out in North America called Rudra no Hiho, or Treasure of the Rudras. Uh, he worked on the character select screen, or character select uh, music for Tobol number 1. 
Um, and then did Bushido Play 2's soundtrack. <laughs> and then Square was like, yeah, we don't have anything for you to do. So he's like, all right, I'm quitting. See ya. It's like the ultimate tragedy of this now that I know that. But don't worry, me... he's you know he's doing his Queen tribute band. He's got his own band called Spiders from Cabaret. <laughs> what a good name! It just like he has not worked in the game industry since '98. Um, which is why we're gonna hire him. We if we do we, yes. Yes, we're gonna hire this man. We're gonna find him. We're gonna go to a Spiders Cabaret show and hire this man to make video game music. <laughs> Oh man, that's one of the weirdest statements I think I've ever said in my entire life. Um, but yeah, like the soundtrack just rocks, like it rips. Yeah. Um in a way that, you know, Final Fantasy soundtracks hadn't before because, you know, they're very orchestral. They're very, you know, sweeping and big sounding, I would I guess you could say. They're very mm-hmm. classical sounding. While this is just like I'm just going to do some ripping guitar riffs, some double bass drums, and we're just going to go from there. It's like yeah, this totally works. Which is funny because, like, now that I know what I know about Uematsu, like, I'm surprised he didn't ever try that. Mm-hmm. Because he has a freaking metal band. Like, he's a big, big fan of that. So I'm like, why did he not ever try it? But maybe he just didn't think that it fit. But this dude just like, Evan, this is what I do. Let's go. Which I think, like, you can easily see that, like, this to, this would fit. Yeah. Like, it's surprising that there wasn't another Final Fantasy game or, like, a more traditional one that just didn't try and go for this. Like, maybe one of the... Or, like, even just, like, try it in a spinoff game. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, the soundtrack rules. It's so good. Like, again, the fact that you can hear a double bass in, like, a Super Nintendo game is intense. Mm-hmm. And, like... It's one of my go-to, like, at least the battle themes, and there are a lot of really great songs that aren't battle themes in this. Um, but it's one of my go-tos whenever I, like, really need hype music. Because, like, those battle themes are legit. Mm-hmm. Like, if you ever need to feel like you can conquer the friggin' world, put on these songs. Put on Battle 1 or Battle 2. <laughs> or Battle 3! <three. laughs> You know, Man. the very quizzically named game or songs in this game. What uh, what good names? They're very They're good. Very descriptive. Um, but yeah, like this game as a whole, like you're not gonna find amazing things in it. Like, like we talked about, like I like the idea that like you know they take out random battles and just make grind spots as a thing, mm-hmm. where you just go and fight bot- battle after battle after battle, and that's that's how you level up and grind in this game is just by going to specific spots in the game to do that. Like that's an interesting idea that it other is. games like didn't do or haven't really done since then. Um, the soundtrack rules: uh, you can beat the final boss by just healing it, <laughs> which is <laughs> which hilarious, is really goofy. Um, and I think that it's interesting that. Again, in terms of like how the RPG system works here, that like you're constantly switching between like the same like four second characters, mm-hmm. like depending on what's happening, but like you don't get a full party ever. No. It's just you and whoever decided to join you at that point. Like that's interesting. Uh, you get interesting uh, sprite work where they will they show damage by basically changing the sprite. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which cool. Which is really cool. Yeah. Very cool. 
I remember like the bone dragon when I was fighting as a kid and like once you see the like bone dragon damage model, I was just like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Like imagine that when you're like a four year old and there's this bone dragon and you're fighting him and then like you see a battle damage sprite of him like that's mind blowing. How cool is that? Mm hmm. That's not something you're getting in other Final Fantasy games, per se. No, it's not. Like, it's Except not maybe something... for, like, big bosses, but not for just, like, regular enemies. Mm -mm. And this is, like, every enemy is getting that. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that um, I think is funny about this game, and I mentioned it to you before we actually started recording, is that, like... A lot of the characters just like join up you without even really having a conversation with you at all. Mm -hmm. Like Kaylee, you know, you're you're in the forest and you, you go and talk to her and the forest is dying or whatever. She's like, all right, I have an axe. Let's go. And I'm like, wait, what? And it's like, Kaylee, join you. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> Why did you join me? But I thought she was awesome when I was a kid because she was like a little redhead girl and she had an axe. I'm like, that's really cool. I want to be a little redheaded girl with an axe. I did not become a little redheaded girl with an axe, just to clarify. That did not happen. Would have been cool, but that is not what I did with my life. Unfortunately. Um, I always thought that Phoebe had a shower cap on. <laughs> I don't know why. Like Her sprite looks like that, and so I just consistently thought that Phoebe had a shower cap on. Um... Tristam has a sweet theme. And we actually remember Ruben at all. He's a sandwich. He is a sandwich. He's just Benjamin's sandwich friend. God. This game. It's it's really a cool experiment. Yeah, I think that's like a good way to, to put it. It's just like... very different. And the kind of expectations you should have for this game going into mm -hmm. it. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't go into this thinking that it's going to be like Final Fantasy um, like 4 or 6. You can't. It's not right. those games. That's just not how it is. But if you think about it as it's like this experimental Final Fantasy that tried to do a lot of like neat things, and some of them are more ex like better executed in certain places than others, but like... It was cool that they were trying something different. Mm -hmm. um, so I will give them that credit. Also, this game's great. That soundtrack rules. Soundtrack's so good. Like, Jesus Christ, that's a good soundtrack. <laughs> this is a game they should put on the, the Switch Super Nintendo collection. Dude, that would be so cool. Because like, I think right now you there's not really easy ways to play it. Like it might, I think it went on um, Wii Virtual Console. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it went on Wii U Virtual Console. I, I couldn't check. Um, but this is totally a game they should put on that. Like, if they're going to get weird, if they want to get like weird with like that sort of thing, like put something like this on there. Yeah. Is, um, did we put it on my NES? Should have. Cool. I think it's on mine, so. Well, I remember that when I played it recently, I played it on my computer, but it's probably on my NES. I would assume so. I would assume that if it's on yours, it's online. Yeah. Rad. So there you go. 
Also, like I said, there's a randomizer. <laughs> That's interesting. I wonder how that would work. I think it just like it randomizes like enemies and items and that sort of thing. Hmm. So like it's a it's a weird game to randomize because it like is. it's pretty straightforward as is. It's a very very uh, linear game. Because I remember I I tried it out and I was just like this is bizarre. <laughs> All right. Huh. Also I should pull out my my copy of Theater Rhythm Curtain Call and check out the those two songs on that. You should see if they did anything to them. But yeah, Mystic Quest is a fun game. A flawed game. It's an flawed. experimental flawed. game. And I mean, game. like, the fact that Square Enix was trying something, or not even Square Enix, it was Square Soft at this point. The fact Correct. that they were doing um, really cool stuff that was, like, not necessarily successful, but also just fun. Um, also, they need to hire this guy back if they're ever going to make another good Final Fantasy. Let's just put that out there. Someone should just hire this dude. I want to hire this man. You know what I want? I want to hire this man to just follow me around all the time and play <laughs> sweet music. Can you imagine how like amazing that would be if you have this librarian who shows up and it's got like this sweet guitar riff behind her? Like everybody would respect me. It's true. God, I wonder how much it would cost. Too much. <laughs> Probably. Do you think people go up to him and like, hey, you know, I I know that we're listening to like. Was it Spider's Cabaret, whatever it was? Like, I know that you're doing that, but, like, can we talk about Mystic Quest for a minute? I hope so. I hope so, too. I hope that he still is okay with talking about Mystic Quest. He did an interview, I think, 10 years ago talking about stuff, but I couldn't get it to load. But someone needs to find this dude again, interview yeah. him. They're like, what would it take to get you back into game game composition? <laughs> yeah, like, how, how do we make you make music again for video games, but also, like, God, can you imagine the stuff he would make now for mm -hmm. games? Like how That'd it would be sound. Ridiculous. Right? It'd be so great. He could actually like, you know, have his instrumentation that he wants. Like, Jesus, I'd listen to the hell of that. Or just like get some like indie dev to, to like, hey, you want to make some stuff in the Famicom chipset again? Yeah. That'd be cool. Just do stuff like that. Be real I good. I just want this man to lurk in video games again. Mm -hmm. That's really all I want. Same. Besides to be a redheaded girl with an axe. <laughs> Mystic Quest 2. Yeah! Do it! Don't. That, would, that would require Square to be fun. Right, and don't let Nomura anywhere near it. Oh god. He would ruin it. Make it super angsty. Nomura's gonna come out one day and be like, Kingdom Hearts was my spiritual successor to Mystic Quest. <laughs> god. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that statement. I really don't. I mean, it's a beginner's JRPG. I, you're not wrong. With action adventure elements. You're not wrong. Su such as jumping. Mm-hmm. And weaponry on the field. <laughs> Who, why would I say something so bold, so controversial? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um... I'd rather play Mystic Quest again than Kingdom Hearts 1 again. I mean, I'm not surprised by that. No, I'm not either, but I'm just saying. That is that is my statement of the day. Deal uh. with it. All right, you want to talk about the other experiment? 
Oh boy, where do we begin? Where well, do we actually, begin? there is a place where we begin, and it is the year 2010. When things were bad. The original release of Final Fantasy XIV. Let's talk about <laughs> Final Fantasy XIV, a massively multiplayer online role-playing game mm-hmm. from your friends at Square Enix, the spiritual successor to Final Fantasy XI. I played that. I did not play that. I played it. The second uh, MMO that Square has done in the Final Fantasy series. A game that came out so badly that they had to shut it down and reboot it. (laughs) Yeah, that part's fascinating. Uh, There's a a whole lot to that story. Um, If you are at all interested in it, in the whole just like what happened, uh, go watch No Clips. Final Fantasy 14 documentary where they basically go into the entirety of like what happened to 1.0 why we had to do this why we had to like shift the entire like development team on this game and how we basically came from the bottoms of that to this game being like one of the biggest games in the world now (laughs) started from the bottom now we're here basically um so yeah Final Fantasy 14 it is uh it's a it's a big game um, You've been playing this for a while now. Mm-hmm, I have. Um, I started playing this in 2017. I just remember that, like... But I, I haven't played since, twenty, like, repeatedly since 2017. Yeah. No, I just remember that, like, every once in a while, we would be talking, and you're like, playing playing it, playing Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> um, like, well, right. like... So, like, I, I started playing in, in 2017, because I think that was when... Stormwind came out. Is that the the expansion title? Mm. Stormblood. I'm, I clearly know what I'm talking about. Wow. <laughs> um, wow. So that game that came out, and people were pretty like, you know, there was there was hype around that game, and they put out like free trials and everything to like, you know, you get like, you play up to a certain level, and you don't have to pay anything, and do all that sort of stuff. So I, I tried it out and everything, and I was like, you know, this is pretty all right, um, and all that stuff's basically like, you know, the the 2.0 stuff that so it's nothing too ridiculous or anything like that where they get to like later in expansion and everything but so i played it a little bit in 2017 didn't get all the way through uh 2.0 which is a realm reborn uh and then this year when shadowbringers came out like everyone lost their mind mm-hmm. there were people on the internet saying yo shadowbringers is the best content final fantasy has ever done across the entire series and that wasn't just, like, one person. That was a lot of people saying this. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I was like, maybe I should play Final Fantasy fourteen again. <laughs> so I started playing Final Fantasy fourteen again. <laughs> yeah, you did. I finished up Realm Reborn. I finished up Heaven's Ward. Finished up Stormblood. And just recently finished up Shadowbringers. For a grand total of gameplay time of, like, what? Maybe, like, I think almost 19 days now. <laughs> <laughs> which like granted like that's not all me playing 19 straight days that's like you know idling the game doing other stuff like literally right. fishing and just like not even looking at the screen and just waiting for my controller to vibrate so i can catch a fish oh i love fishing just doing stuff like that um but like yeah this is a huge game there is a there is a reason people like are like i want to i want to check out this new story stuff but i don't want to play through hundreds of hours of gameplay to get to it yeah um and like they have stuff on their you know their their pay store where you can 
buy cosmetics and stuff like that but you can like buy a level boost to like just get you primed and ready for uh like get you right up to level 70 and be primed for Shadowbringers, which i i know this is going to be a, a weird thing to say but i'm not going to sit here and tell you hey you should all play final fantasy 14 because that is a long task of a game to play yes but also, I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, you should skip, do a level skip and jump up to level 70 because you're not going to understand the intricacies of the story as well if you had gone through the entire the, the entire experience. Which I feel yeah. like is very going back and forth against each other. Mm-hmm. But th- I think th- one of the reasons this story works so well is because you have gone on this long journey with it. And if you're just coming in, like, right at this new thing, like, a lot of this stuff's not going to make sense. All these characters are going to show up, and you're not going to understand, like, who they are, why they're important, like, what their relationships are with your character and everything. And I think, like, a lot of, like, the the way you interact with your own character is going to be lost on you, because you're not going to have all that experience that you would have had going from level 1 to 70, and all the the adventures, the story, and all the, the, the stuff you've gone through. So... Your character looks like a tall version of me. <laughs> Which is funny. It's really funny. Um, for clarification, Al was not the person I modeled my character after. <laughs> but it looks just like me, just tall. Uh, my character is modeled after Diva. Oh, huh. Mm-hmm. And then basically I made her tall and then... The outfit I have on her right now, which is like I have very casual wear. She's like, I'm just in a sweater and jeans. <laughs> and I showed Alan. She's like, that's just me. It is just me. I was like, well. You can't say that it doesn't look like me. I, I cannot say that. It looks like me. If it's a tall version of you. It's a tall version of me. It's like wish fulfillment for me. <laughs> it's true. My character is very tall. How tall is she? I don't I don't know. I didn't that I created this character two years ago. I don't remember the settings and all that sort of stuff, but it's very tall. Like it may be the tallest you can make. Uh, Was for that there any race. reason you're just like time to make this person super super? I don't tall? I don't I don't remember. I was I guess I was like let's make him tall. I don't know. That'd be funny. <laughs> oh my god! And that's what I did. Oh man. Yep. Well, your character is now me. It's true. Um. So there's a lot of this game I'm not gonna remember because I played parts of this game two years ago. Right. And just like I don't, that's a long time ago. But let's talk about some of just like the the history of this game. Like we talked mm-hmm. about, this game originally came out in 2010, a disastrous launch. Mm-hmm. Things went very poorly. Yes. Very very poorly. Very very bad. Um. Um. I'm, I'm gonna... definitely worked at. GameStop when it came out Mm -hmm. and I remember when it launched and it was like oh no Uh, I'll read some from the Wikipedia page about this Uh, the release of the game sparked immediate player backlash in addition to its negative critical reception some of the controversy was produced by the use of gameplay features unusual for for the genre which I think like one of them was like everything you do costs stamina Mm. which is like that's not good the main complaint by players was the user interface, followed by problems with the performance and aspects of the gameplay. The initial 30-day free trial was extended twice in order to allow players to experience the new development team's updates before committing to the game. 
In December 2010, it was announced that Tanaka and Komoto had been removed from their post as producer and director, with Tanaka taking full responsibility for the game's problems. The PS3 version was indefinitely delayed from its original March 2011 release date, with Square Enix saying that it would not release the game for that platform until it fully met the quality standards suitable for the Final Fantasy series. Subscription, subscriptions for the Windows version were also suspended indefinitely. That's how you know sh bad. Yeah, that's really how you know it's bad. Uh, also, I think like the, the PS3 version of 14 is also like out of date now. So you cannot continue playing that game. Wow. On that platform, because I think like some of like the the later expansions, they're just like, yeah, we can't, we literally can't do this if we're building for both platforms, mm -hmm. for both PS4 and PS3. Um. So eventually, uh, they changed producer and director. That role was giving over given over to Naoki Yoshida. He is a member of Square Enix who previously worked on Dragon Quest. He is the guy who is in charge of Final Fantasy XIV now, uh, and basically has continued to run it since then. Um, and basically his job was just like, I, let's, let's try and fix this. Let's try and figure this out. Uh, also something that was kind of out of their hands happened during 2011 was the, the big, one of the big 2011, uh, earthquake and tsunamis that, that racked Japan and also like took down Square Enix for like a week. Mm -hmm. So something that really couldn't happen. But like, again, it's another thing, another like bad thing that just keeps piling on this game. Um, and then basically by the end of 2012, they were like, yeah, we cannot fix this game. And then they're like, okay, we're going to put this game out or put the final updates out. We're going to do this uh, interesting little story to finish off the game. And basically, they did an event where like on the final day, they literally just destroyed the world. <laughs> and allowed players wow. to like just be there for that. Oh, my God. Um, That's intense. Uh, Servers closed down on November 11th, 2012, and then on August 27th, 2013, Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Reborn comes out, mm -hmm. which basically overhauls the entire game. Um, they changed game engines. They they made improvements to servers and all that sort of stuff. They redid the story, redid gameplay, redid the user interface. This is basically an entirely new game compared to 1.0. Yes. And all that hard work, you know, for them paid off because people came to this and were like, hey, this is a noticeable improvement over the original game. Um, you have clearly put in a lot of work to this. You know, we will we'll be here for this. Mm -hmm. We will stick around for this now. And this is the, the way the game has been since, you know, 2013. So... A lot of the game is broken up into, like, the story is broken up uh, level-wise, essentially. So, 1 through 50 is the Realm Reborn content, which is just the base game and all that sort of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Following that, you have, like, every, you know, every every expansion, everything, and every main, the base game story. Like, there is the base story, and then after that, you'll have, like, post-patch story updates. So, like, 2.0 has is the base story, and then you'll have, like... 2.2, that Those all lead you up into the next expansion and they all have like new storylines and all that sort of stuff to to appease you until the next expansion comes out. So like they're all really like spaced spaced out when you're like you're playing this as it is. But mm -hmm. when you're kind of just going through it, it's just like here's more story, here's more story, here's more story, here's more story. Alright, new expansion! <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh... A lot of the story of A Realm Reborn, I don't remember because, like I said, I played played a lot of it in 2017. Mm -hmm. um, but essentially, the the story of Final Fantasy 14 is like you are 
you're a, you're a folk, you're a folk, you're a person. You're um, a folk. <laughs> you're a dude or a lady, and you know you get to choose like what kind of class you want to be. Uh, you know there there's obviously DPS, tank, healing, mm-hmm. those types of things. But then they're all split up into subcategories. So like you know you could be a like I am a dragoon. Yes. Which I began as a lancer, and then I eventually go to a dragoon afterwards because you can start off on one class and then basically subclass out essentially um you know there's magic folks like white mages black mages those sorts of things summoners which aren't summoners in this in the common final fantasy sense you're not summoning huge things or anything like that it's just a different class um what other just like basic dps classes are there uh there's a punchy dude it's a punchy class you punch things um like a fighter yeah essentially or a monk i think it's more fighter but okay I've never, I've not gone down that that route before, so I don't know. Um, you got like a gladiator, which is like a tank class. You have like a sword and shield, that sort of thing. Um, an archer, which eventually I think levels into a bard. That's how you can play like music in the game, which nice. is a very weird thing. Yeah, you've sent some really cool videos of people playing music though. Mm-hmm. Like you can party up together and like do performances, and people do that just like in big towns and stuff. It's wild. I remember, like, I was walking through one of the towns and someone was just playing Zelda music. Man. Um, which is a thing Square Enix kind of frowns upon. Like, they're like, hey, maybe don't do this. But then they're like, they're not really enacting on it because, like, how are they going to stop it? Yeah. Um, and then each expansion basically adds in new classes as well. Like, uh, Heaven's Ward added in, like, a shooty class, like a pew-pew clash. Um, and a few others. Uh, Stormblood added in, or maybe it was... I think Stormblood added in like a dancer class, which is also which is a class I've done, which is fun. Like you just like dance around and do all these cool little moves, and it's like you're more of a ranged DPS instead of just like being up up and at them and poking them. So it's like cool stuff like that. And then also there's like uh, crafting and gathering classes as well, which are you know non-combat. So like you can go fishing, go Yay. mine some rocks, go be a a dude family man. Be a family man, be a culinarian, be an alchemist, be a crafter, or not crafter, a, a wood crafter, <laughs> that thing. A carpenter? Yes, that. <laughs> I knew it was a C word. I was like, I cannot think of what this word is. Oh my God, that's um, hilarious. But yeah, there's all that sort of stuff that, that's in the game as well. And all those have like, all each role has like its own jobs, like quest line and all that sort of stuff where you meet different characters and everything. So like... Everything has like just so much story attached to it. Um, so yeah, the the base story is fairly basic. Um, you are on this world called Hydaelyn. You are in like this area of the world called Erosia, and like there's a bunch of like little cities that are populated in this in this section of the world. Uh, you basically choose one of them as like depending on what job you are you will like that's where you will start your your journey and everything and then eventually you know you'll make your way to all the other parts of the world and all that sort of stuff um and essentially this is a story about the 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 people of eorzea trying to fight off the empire a very you know standard story that you've heard through final fantasy and other forms of media throughout all of time <laughs> Um, spoilers, the, the, the Empire, they are the Garlean Empire, you know, they're kind of fascist. Who could have guessed? Who would have guessed that one? Who would have guessed? There's uh, never fascist governments and anything ever. No. 
and then there's like a bunch of other stuff so basically the the, the base story is is that story um and that story is actually still continuing onwards <laughs> Um, I'm laughing because you said no in the way that I say like to the cats when they're doing something bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like this, the whole thing with the Empire is not resolved in any sort of way, and we are three expansions in, and it's still not resolved. And like the the end of the 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 latest expansion is like still building up that story, um, which is which is interesting. Hmm. But uh, basically, the entirety of a Realm Reborn leads you up to fighting uh, Ultimate Weapon. Ultimate or Ultima? Ultima, I think. Yeah, Ultima. Okay. Uh, because the Empire is able to fuse a bunch of primals, which primals are essentially summons in the Final Fantasy regards to like Ifrit and Shiva, ah, all those okay. folks. They uh, the Empire basically pulled them all into into the Ultimate Weapon. You know and love. Mm-hmm. And trying to use that to defeat you, and you beat it, and you're like, "Yay! Look at me! I'm a, I'm a, I can poke things." <laughs> um. Very good. Through your adventures, you also become the Warrior of Light. All right. Which is, you know, a callback to Final Fantasy One. Yes. Um, you are Hydaelyn's champion. You basically have like, you have this power called the Echo, which like enhances your abilities and everything. And it's a thing they tie into like dungeons and raids and all that stuff, sort of stuff. So like, you know, if you you wipe in a in a dungeon or something like that, you like. And you keep wiping, like they're like, oh, the power of the echo will make this make you stronger. So like now all of your attacks are ten percent more, and you'll take five percent less damage and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it does like interesting things like that. Um, eventually you find out there's like these uh these robed dudes called Asians who are like immortal dudes. Asians. Yes. <laughs> I'm. I'm sorry. I'm a child. You are. <laughs> Oops. Um, and they they become they are immortal, except okay. you have definitely killed a few of them. Well, then they're not immortal. <laughs> but uh, they're basically like just folks who have like lived for ages upon ages, and they want to take over Hydaelyn and basically reform all of the worlds back together. There's a bunch of worlds in this because they all split off. That's a, that's something that happened like you really learn about later on in the game, but. Okay. There's a lot of backstory in this game. Like, literally, if we were to sit here and talk about the entirety of Final Fantasy XIV, we would be here for, like, eight hours. Let's not do that, because I... Let's not I'm, do that. I'll eventually get to sleep. You will. And I'll be like, I'm just sitting here talking to myself. <laughs> um. So, yeah, you you do all that sort of stuff. You hold off the Empire. Um, you eventually, like, you form up a party called the... Uh, the uh, the Seven Scions. And it's basically those are where you, you and your, your cool folks hang out with. Um basically your party members, all that sort of stuff. Um, and the end of A Realm Reborn is you taking down an ultimate weapon and all that sort of stuff and thinking like, hey, everything's fine. Uh, and then you get into the the post-base game, post-Realm Reborn content, which is the longest and biggest grind of the game. Oh, no. Because you have to do hundreds of quests and lots of them are bad. <laughs> oh, no. But also, like, like a lot of people complain about this. Like, it's, it's very, you know, it's rightfully so. But... This is when, like, the story starts getting good. Okay. Because, like, you... Throughout this entire portion, like, there's a lot of political intrigue. And, like, building up, like, oh, look, here's these political factions, like, fighting with it, within each other. And trying to figure out, like, what's happening. Like, who's gonna be the... Who's gonna turn their backs on who and what, what, else, what else sort of stuff. 
and then like the end of this uh, stuff which i guess we should say hey we're gonna talk spoilers about story so i mean all of this is probably gonna sound like i'm just nuts but this is all stuff that happens like the end of the uh the post realm reborn content ends with like one of the leaders of uh of one of the big cities getting assassinated and they pin the blame on you and you're like, uh, so essentially you have to flee, flee the country and you head off to like this one place that has not like that, that doesn't really have anything to do with Eorzea. Like they're just like, yeah, we, we know about you guys, but we don't want to like mess with you guys in the sense of like, you know, merging or like having an alliance or anything like they're like, mm, whatever. And that's where like Heaven's Ward starts and Heaven's Ward is like basically you being gone and just like off doing your own thing in this new place. Um, you get to learn about dragons. I like dragons. Holy wars. I don't like those as much. Religious cults. <laughs> I also don't like them. All sorts of stuff. So like you like you want to talk to some dragons? This is in here. You want to fight Nidhogg? Yeah. That's that's the thing you're gonna do. Which is interesting because like a lot of this story ties in with like the Dragoon quest line. So, like, if you do that quest line specifically, you know more about, like, what's happening here compared to, like, other jobs specifically. Like, one of the characters that you meet up with in this in this expansion is, like, a character that is introduced in the Dragoon quest line specifically. And he'll be like, oh, yes, I know who you are. You're also an Azure Dragoon. And you're like, yeah, that's me. I am that person. I am yes. that too. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like, all of this is, like, trying to figure out, like... Learn about like the origins of like this huge war between uh the 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 kingdom of Ishgard and all these dragons like why they have been going and fighting each other for thousands of years, um and you get a lot of backstory about that, um you eventually try and team up with like uh this one of the the higher ups of the Ishgardian government who finds out his dad's like been working with the Ashians and. They're basically like trying to or plotting and manipulating things behind the scenes and everything, and it's all bad. Um, they murder one of your friends, and it's very sad. Yikes! You also eventually form an alliance with dragons, and then they're like, "Well, let's let's mess that up too." And you're like, "No, don't do that." Um, you fight Nidhogg a lot, and he has his eyes that give people powers, but then also turn them evil. So you gotta fight people who who steal his eyes, and you're like, oh, that's not good. That's uh, rude, though, to take somebody's eyes. Well, you took a dragon's eyes. Yeah, but like dragons need eyes too. Well, he's a jerk. Jerk dragon, <laughs> you don't deserve eyes. Uh, eventually, you fight the old king, who basically transforms himself into a primal, and you also have to tell everyone, hey, you know all the stories that everyone had been telling you for like thousands of years? Yeah, they're all. Yikes. We gotta tell you, like, here's actually what happened. Everyone, there's like, there are people who are accepting of it, and there are people who are not accepting of it. I feel like that would not go over well in yeah. certain places. So, like, that kind of becomes some of the stuff that is the post Heaven's Ward content. Um, is you basically trying to satiate these political parties and everything? Uh, also, during the post con post uh, Heaven's Ward content, there is a new group of 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 heroes, quote unquote who come to your world, and they call themselves the Warriors of Darkness. Da-da-dum! And you get into a few scraps with them. Uh, they have come to... Uh, they have come to Heidelin to basically take it over and 
make sure that their world does not get eaten up by it. And then eventually you take them to to meet an old friend of yours and then they're able to, to go away peacefully. They just leave them by. Well, so they, they kind of die. Oh, well, all right. Well, I was thinking they were just leaving and it was peaceful. You're like, no, mm-hmm. they're dead. Um, all of that sets up Shadowbringers, which is two expansions away. Wow. Okay. This is wild. Like a lot of like the post pa- post expansion content is like setting up the 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 expansion after the next expansion. That's a lot of like pre planning. That is, but they make it work. Hmm. In ways that like you you think like oh this probably this would all fall apart. Nope. Especially considering it's Square Enix. Hmm. Wow. Uh, also, during the post, uh, the the in between stuff, you learn that the uh, the Empire is making a move on certain parts of Eorzea, so you have to go help and defend those, and that basically leads you into the next expansion, which is called Stormblood. Okay. Where this is the first time the game introduces like an entire new area for you, and a lot of this new area is basically, hey, we made Japan. <laughs> Welp. Okay. Uh, this is where, like, they introduce, like, the samurai class, and, like, folks just wearing, like, just traditional Japanese garb and everything. Um, so, all that sort of stuff. Uh, you, one of the, one of the key things you, you, you find out in this is that, like, the, uh, the Empire's, uh, the, the head of the Empire's son is, is, is basically leading all these attacks out, and you fight him early on, and he just whoops your ass. Oh. So it's not, not great. Um... And he is not impressed with you because he has heard about the Warrior of Light. Um, eventually, you'll keep fighting him throughout and yada, yada, yada. So he's kind of like the big bad of this? Pretty much, yes. Okay. Uh, you also eventually help out some folks you met in post-A-Realm Reborn content. Wow. Uh, they come back and they're like, hey, what's up? We're going we're gonna to be pals again. And you're like, Yay! Uh, they take you to some new areas and everything, so you get to see, like, all sorts of new, like, uh, races and just lands and all that sort of stuff. All sorts of new drama, political intrigue, everything. Uh, they take you down to the Paradise City. <laughs> they do. One of these being is that, like, you have to find the, the Lost Prince of Doma, who, like, Doma is basically this, uh, this area of the world that has been under the rule of the empire now for so long because like they lost they they lost their their king to battle against the empire now everyone's just like uh so you have to find him and basically like, convince him to come back and lead while everyone's like i don't know if this is the real deal and you're like yo it is and they're like okay cool <laughs> all right we'll believe you we believe you you'll whoop it's our ass <laughs> So essentially, this the whole bit of this expansion is just like fighting off the empire at every moment, making sure like you're able to help your friends along the way, um, and eventually you uh, you take back specific key pieces of land that the empire has had and take the fight to them, 
and eventually you fight uh, the big baddie who is a pervert because he all he wants he calls you his friend because he likes fighting you um he's a pervert i don't like that <laughs> um and then like one of the the big things at the end is you fight him and you beat him and then afterwards he's like well i'm just gonna kill myself god that's intense I finally found someone that I could fight with. Holy Which I, I don't think one of the things like he finds along the way is like the 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 bad guy is he finds the eyes of Nidhogg. Okay. And uses them and then at the end of Stormblood, uh the dragoon dude who you were with in Heaven's War destroys the eyes of Nidhogg finally. Then what do you do? you're like, thank God those are done. <laughs> um, and then basically you go into the post-Stormblood content, which sees one of the... Uh, so at the end of Stormblood, one of your companions looks to die because like a castle collapses on him. Oh, jeez. Along with one of the key members of the Empire, um, who you had fought previously. Um the end of Stormblood sets up that he is still alive, and also he has the this member of the Empire, and she has lost all of her memories. So he's just taking care of her now. Because he feels like that's the right thing to do. Um, but eventually through Stormblood, you will find, like, you'll reunite with them, and you have to figure out, okay, what do we do? What do we do with her? How do we deal with this? Uh, eventually her brother shows up, and is like acting all nice and everything like oh you know we just we want to establish relationships between the empire and dorma and doma and mm -hmm. uh also you know maybe can we get my sister back like that would be cool like i realized that you know things that happen but like i'd like to have her back and they're like well she doesn't have memories so if she doesn't remember you tough luck buddy <laughs> and basically she doesn't but like over like he gives her like this mirror and then over time like she starts to get her memories back and like you like see her tragic backstory of how like she was abused in her family and like how they like treated her like trash and everything. That's how like how she became like this very evil person essentially. Um, and basically she gets recaptured and they, and she gets all her memories back and you have to fight her and then she dies in her, in the fight with you because she, she transforms herself into a primal, which is not good. What does that mean exactly when she's a primal? Uh, she has, like, the powers of a giant summon, but it's very bad. Oh, okay. Does she have a specific one she turns into? Uh, yes, but I don't remember. I'm trying to see in this wiki page if it says or not, but I don't think it does. It's fine. I was just curious. But usually, like, they all of the the big primals have like a tie into final fantasy at some point as some way. Okay. Um, so all that happens and then basically that causes chaos within the empire again. Um, and also you start seeing, uh, you, you, you try and find, okay, Hey, where did we find the, the, the one dude, the pervert man, where is his corpse? And then, Oh, no. oh Hey, his corpse is gone. Oh no. Um, you learn eventually afterwards. Shut up a lot. You don't learn that, but... That is uh, also Final Fantasy, though. It is. Uh, and Asian has his body. 
And he is using it. Uh-oh. Also, there is this, this random guard that keeps roaming around that seems specifically like the pervert man. Oh, no. So things are bad. Um, eventually, you also, you you lead up to this big battle between um, you and the Empire. And, like, you have, like, a sit-down with the uh, the Emperor and try and, like, hash things out before going to fight fight each other. And you're just, and everything's just like, Ugh. Doesn't work. Um, all the while during this time, your comrades are, are collapsing and basically their souls are getting ripped out of them That's by an unknown source. That's a problem. Um, oh no. Also a, a dude shows up who calls himself a shadow hunter who specifically targets Asians. He has like all these, like their masks on his body. He is a former dude from the empire who you fought in realm reborn. Which is like, ooh, that's a that's a long payoff there. <laughs> um, so he's like, so one of your teammates teams up with him to try and figure out exactly what's going on with the Empire, going behind enemy lines and all that sort of stuff. Um, you learn that the Empire has uh, a mysterious backer behind it, and it is like the grandfather of the Emperor who founded the Empire, who is still alive and is now an Asian. <laughs> I what? Final what? Fantasy fourteen is weird. <laughs> I I yeah I um I don't know how to deal with that. All of this makes sense in context, I I assure you. Okay, okay. Um, I believe you. So basically you are heading further and further into having a fight with the Empire, but also your companions are still like falling left and right and their souls are getting ripped out of their bodies and no one understands what's happening. Eventually, it leads up to you fighting um, a possessed version of the pervert man. I would be on the pervert man. He's the pervert man. <laughs> or you fight someone from the Empire. I forget which. Um, and in the midst of that battle, right before you're about to die, you pass out. And you are uh -oh. ripped to another world. So your soul got torn for your body, too? Mm-hmm. Um, so that happens. That's that's the lead up to Shadowbringers. Um, okay. So wild stuff's going down. Yeah, but then you wake back up in your own world. You learn that the the fight had been a stalemate because one of your friends came in, like rescued you, got you out of there while you were just like passed the heck out. Um. Uh, you learn pervert man has fully possessed a a soldier man. And has his body now. He's trying. He's on the look for his own body. Um, and then, and then Shadowbringers begins, which is you basically getting ripped back out and finding yourself in another world again. So uh, Titus. Yeah, kind of. Uh, you find yourself in a world that has been overtaken by the light, which is kind of problematic because you are the warrior of light. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this is a world where, like, like we talked about earlier, the the worlds of Final Fantasy fourteen have like they're split up. Mm -hmm. So you are now on a world called the first, which is like the first <sighs> world that has been very much corrupted by the light and everything. Um, mm -hmm. this is where the Warriors of Darkness are from. Okay. Uh, and that becomes adamant when the the main Warrior of Darkness dude starts showing up and hanging out with you as a spirit. 
so you get obtain a, a spirit friend yeah uh he you basically learn a lot about like what him and his group did and like how they tried to fight off the light and everything um and try and save the world but they were unable to so now the the entire world is engulfed in light so like darkness never shows up it is always daytime constantly and there are these uh beings called sin eaters which are just like white all pure white clad and like they look kind of like like statues essentially hmm. um and they go around just like murdering folks and just like eating them because they are just like they're they have been corrupted by the light um eventually you know you were you're brought to god <laughs> uh... i had to i had to i had to you did you're welcome uh, eventually you find yourself in a place called the Crystal Tower. You meet this dude who is like in, in charge of it and everything. And he's like, yeah, I'm the one who brought you here. I need to, I, I kind of want to save this place. I need help. And he's like, oh yeah, I also brought your friends here. They've been here for a while. <laughs> um, hanging. So eventually you, you basically go around and find all your friends who are like, because they were not brought in the same way you were, like they were kind of like haphazardly brought over. They have been there for years. So like a lot of them have changed at this point. So you like you find some of them they like their their entire like appearance has changed or like one of your when you you come across one of your pals like they don't even recognize you at first. Wow. Like you're with your other friends you're like, "Hey, this is the warrior of light." And she's like, "No. No, it's not. You're a liar." I'm like, "Yeah, it is." <laughs> oh no. So you basically go around and to all the specific locations in the world and everything, and you have to fight off um, the light wardens, which are you know these beings that make the light be as it is. So like you fight them, you basically suck in the light into your being, and that is able to make the the light go away from specific areas. Like you know darkness will show up, like time change, all that sort of stuff happens. Um, you start to begin you be, be, or get a reputation from this, and you you start hearing rumors about, oh, the warrior of darkness has returned. So basically you and your, your, your pals become the new warriors of darkness. Um, I did not expect that. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, And basically you keep going around and doing this. There is a, there's a dude, there's a very class system in this game or in this, this section where there is an area where like all the, the free folk can live and they're very, you know, pompous and rich and everything. And then down below is the slums. And if you uh, if you are gifted in a specific area, you know, maybe a rich person will be a patron to you and allow you to live with them if you do the specific arts and stuff like that. So, like, like one of the things you're able to do to sneak into the city of, at first is you and one of your friends, like, disguise yourselves as, like, artists. And he's like, I'm the artist, and he, my friend here is, you know my inspiration for my art so i have to bring her with me basically yeah interesting um and you find this dude who runs this place he is uh not a good dude he also is able to use light wardens and like hang out with them without being affected or anything so like that's automatically a, a big warning um but eventually you go through like different places and you you stop the light wardens that that makes this dude very mad so he sends off like some of his army dudes to like try and stop you so you're just like sucking in all this light and then your pals are like talking like kind of behind your back and everything and eventually you like overhear one of them like 
yeah, she keeps taking in all the light and everything. This is not good. Her body, her like her soul is changing. Her body is changing. This is not going to end well. This is going to be very bad if she keeps doing this. And you're like, uh oh, that's not good. But you got to keep doing it because you want to save this world and not let it be corrupted by light this entire time. Uh, eventually, you have to fight the the big evil dude who turns himself into a light warden to a sin eater. Um, because also he he'd also been like giving the the poor people like this specific food like oh we're coming to give you this food and like it's these two like um these two characters who are very much kind of like the the uh, the red and blue jesters in Final Fantasy Nine. Oh, okay, yeah. They're not named the same, which is a kind of a bummer. Like this has been a prime opportunity for that because like Thorn. yeah, like they they have definitely done this sort of thing and elsewhere in this game like you know like. There is a Jesse character who looks exactly like Jesse from Final Fantasy VII. Huh. So, a missed opportunity there. But also, uh, you have a tiny Riku. I do. Yay. Um, you find out that the food that they have been given these these poor people is remnants of Sin Eaters, and is basically corrupting them with light. Huh. That seems bad. That seems very bad. Huh. Uh, along the way, along the story and everything, the uh, the Grandpa Emperor has been hanging out with you and just being like, you know, I, I came to this world to see what was happening and to see how you guys would do. I hope you uh, meet my expectations and everything. Which, like, obviously he, he has been built up as a villain. Mm -hmm. But they do a really good job with the writing of, like, making you sympathetic for this character. Even though you're like, this is going to end very badly for me. I should not be feeling like this, but like you get like a lot of his backstory, like you get a backstory of like the Astians and like how they came to be and like what happened to their original world. Why are they trying to do all this sort of stuff to to reclaim the worlds for their own and everything? And they do a very good job of just making this character just be very sympathetic and um, multi multi dimensional in a way that some villains in this game aren't. Which it's very you know. It's something you obviously need because, like, you know, he's kind of pops up throughout the entirety of this expansion and everything. So you kind of have to get to know him and make him or see him as, like, this kind of multifaceted character and everything. But it's very good. Uh, and also, he turns on you at the end. What a shocker. <laughs> well, who's surprised by that? Um, what a jerk. So you beat the, the, the evil dude who had turned himself. And you suck in his light. And then, uh-oh bad things are happening basically you by assuming or by gathering all the light that you have you have gathered too much light and now you the way that the light is happening within your body like what's happening to your body from the light you are now turning into a sin eater uh oh so like you're like coughing up like white blood and everything like all this like this light's like pouring out of you and Basically, the light comes back to the entire world. Um, the dude who found you originally and brought all of your friends there shows up and tries to like take the light for himself. And essentially, he's like, oh, I'm, just, I'm doing this because I want to go to different worlds and everything. You eventually find out he's like, yeah, I'm just going to I'm going to take the light for myself, commit suicide, make sure she's OK, and then we'll be all good. We'll save the world. Wow, that's intense. Yeah. Uh, Yikes. And basically, he doesn't tell this to anyone except for, like, one of your comrades who does not tell you until... Um, it's too late. It's too late. 
while he is doing that, he gets shot in the back <laughs> by Grandpa Emperor Man. <laughs> oh, Who's no. Like, well, I thought you would be able to contain the lights and everything, but you're just turning just like all the others. You have disappointed me. Well, sucks to be you. I'm going to take this guy that I just shot now. Um, I'm going to go off to this other new world or new place that you were going to you know, explore and everything. You know, eventually, if you want to come to me and change into a Sin Eater in peace and everything, you know, just come find me. I'll, I'll, I'll make the arrangements for you. Um, so all that happens, you pass out and then you wake back up and your your ghost warrior of darkness friends like, well, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> um, but gives you like a good pep talk and everything. Like there's a lot of like this this part of the game is very f- good. Because it's a lot of you just, like, kind of roaming around, like, thinking, like, I f***ed up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to die here. Like, this is the end for me. Like, this is it. Like, I, I can't fix this this problem. And, like, you get, like, all these different allies that that know you and everything, like, show up and they're like, you could totally beat this. Like, you are you have done all this f- that you have done throughout your entire, the entirety of this game. Like, get your confidence back. You will be able to find a way to, to figure this out, to, to break free of this. And you'll just go and whoop this dude's And you're like, okay. I'll go do that. <laughs> um, and, like, basically the entire, like, the entirety of, like, group of people that live in this, like, this uh, place called the Crystarium, which is where, like, the Crystal Tower and everything is, they come to you and are like, how can we help you? Because we know you are, like, you guys are the Warriors of Darkness. We want to help you figure out exactly what's happening. Which, they don't tell everyone that, like, hey, you're the reason the light has come back and everything, because that would probably be bad. But they also just know everyone's, like, Hey, these people have done good for us. We need to to help them in any sort of way that we can. Okay. So eventually, you know, you you find your way to go meet uh, Grandpa Emperor Man, and he, where he is hold held up, or hold himself up, is like a recreation of his old world from like thousands of years ago. And it's like right before like everything went down and like caused the worlds to split up and everything. It's like all you, like you're running into all these like ghosts of people that the Asians like new and everything it's very it's a very interesting like all like place and everything uh you you talk to like one of them that like is able to see you and knows that like oh i'm a recreation i know this this is this is happening so it's, it's some real interesting stuff and then you have to fight a grandpa emperor man kill him uh things don't go well for you first because well, you, you fight him and then he's just like well i i have i am immortal remember <laughs> I can just fight, fend all you guys off, blah, blah, blah. and then also like, um, so in the in the meantime between the the last fight and this fight, they have found a way to kind of contain the light in you for a, a, a mean a, a a bit of time, mm-hmm. and they're like, this is very much a temporary fix. Like this is a band aid. Like we do not know if, when this is going to break. Now it's broken, and the light is like breaking out of you. You are turning into a sin eater and everything. Um, and you have to figure out exactly how am I going to stop this? How am I going to be able to save my friends and everything? Um, essentially, you basically kind of combine souls with the ghost of the warrior of darkness. Oh. You come together and like it nullifies the effects of the light. And like you just like rise back up and the grandpa and producer like, um, excuse me? This is not supposed to be happening. <laughs> and you're like, I'm going to go f- kick your ass my dude uh dude. but he transforms himself into a primal he okay. transforms himself into hades 
Hades. And you gotta go fight him, which there's actually a really cool scene prior to this is like, um, cause the, the dude who brought you over here originally comes back, even though yeah. he's like real busted up. He like calls forth for more people to show up and it's like seven more spots around you, which like raids for like primals and everything are eight people. So essentially it's like, I'm going to call forth other players for you to, to help you and fight this dude. Hmm. Which is a real interesting, like, like in-universe thing for them to do for that, but like, it totally works, and it's like you are very much hyped for this fight. Uh, and then you you do the fight and you win, and you're able to to defeat Grandpa Emperor Man and take him out for good. Nice. And basically, after that, you have contained the light. The darkness has reformed in this world and everything. You have saved the world and everything. Cool. Saved all your friends. And everything is hunky-dory. And then you get to do the post-expansion stuff, which just came out, which is just 5.1. So there's, like, a new bit of story. Um, they added in a new dungeon and all that sort of stuff, so a little bit more stuff. But, yeah, um, that's a whole bunch of story that probably, out of context, makes zero sense. But if you play this game for, like, 19 days, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I bet. Um, this latest expansion is really good. Like it is very like the writing in it is incredible. Um, the storytelling is very very good um, in ways that like the previous expansions you know were good, but like this is just a, a step above. Um, and like I finished it, and I made mention to you, I was like, this is the best Final Fantasy game. Yeah, you said that. This is the best Final Fantasy game, and like you know, like I say that because like I've look at the entire like run I have had with this game. Like I've had so many different experiences with this game, adventures with this game, and like. It's hard not to say that. Um, and I would say, like, hey, my protagonist is the best protagonist in Final Fantasy. But, like, that's just because I've had this connection with this character for 19 days of my life. And because she looks like your best pal. It's true. That's that's also it. I can dress I can dress my character up as Yuna. Why are you drooling on me? Because <laughs> Loki's like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot. Um. So yeah, this game rules. Like and like I said, like I said earlier, well, he's the drool one. He's the drooly one. Like I said earlier, like I don't expect people to come into this and like be like, "Oh man, I'm gonna start Final Fantasy 14 now." I mean, you can you can play up to level 20 for free if you want to get into that. But you know, it's it's such a, like this game is so long and it's such an ask for like just time commitment and everything that. Yeah, it there's is, no way I could do it. Yeah, and I completely understand that. But if this is something that appeals to you, like, this is one of the best Final Fantasy games out there, bar none. And they just do a lot of cool shit in this game. Like, they do weird crossovers. Like, you can, there was, you, there was a, a point in time where you could get the car from Final Fantasy 15 as a mount. Gross. And you could, you can fit four other people in it. <laughs> there is a Monster Hunter crossover in this game. Where you fight a boss from Monster Hunter and you get the Palico Cat from Monster Hunter as a as a minion. Cool. Um, and then just now they added in the the near Automata raid, mm -hmm. which uh, they got like Yoko Taro to like write and create that entire raid, which we have made mention on this podcast. Like neither of us had played that game and mm -hmm. don't really have like interest in it, but like it's very surprising how well they like they fit the aesthetic of that game into Final Fantasy fourteen. In a way that, like, it doesn't make sense that it should work in this way, like, because, like, in that entire rage, you're fighting, like, an actual tank, 
And like, there's no tanks in Final Fantasy 14, but like, you're just like, okay, sure, I'll fight this thing. You fight like the first boss of Nier Automata in that thing, and and, that, and you're like, okay, this whole thing works, sure. Um, hmm. And also the music in that raid f rules. That's what you said. Yeah, you sent me the one link, and it was really good. They uh they do like for the final fight of the the first part of this raid because I think there's supposed to be like three parts because that's how big 24 man raids work. Um, they remix one of the songs from Near Automata and put in the prelude of Final Fantasy and just mash them together. It's f real good. Man. Um, and then like the the post uh, Stormbringer or Shadowbringers um. Uh, eight man raids that they're doing uh, for Eden. It just has like, here's a bunch of Final Fantasy VIII music. Like, here's the overworld theme. Here is the battle theme from Final Fantasy VIII. Wait, did you say it's Eden? Mm hmm. Interesting. Uh, you like go on this thing. As in, like, the garden. Yeah, I guess that would be that would be uh, the case. Uh, you go on this, like, this, this structure called Eden Minor. That's where you do your fights and stuff. You know um, that Eden is like the ultimate summon in Final Fantasy VIII, right? I bet that's what we're going to fight at the end. <laughs> oh, shoot. Well, good luck with that, buddy. Yep. That, oof. Um, Eden is the ultimate summon of Final Fantasy VIII. That's, that, yeah, that's definitely, definitely what we're going to fight at the end. Um, she's one of the hardest to get and hits like a truck when you use her. I mean, this is the this this game they have done like fan service in that way. Like, you literally fight the Final Fantasy sixteen train or six train, excuse me, and it plays the Final Fantasy six music. That's perfect. Can you don't you can, do not you do not get the suplex it unfortunately. That was my next question. It is can a giant train. Um, so like the proportions don't work in the same way, but like it is literally the train from Final Fantasy six. That's awesome. And you fight it, and it plays the same music. Um, uh, what about Doom Train? Can we have Doom Train from Final Fantasy eight in there? I mean, maybe it'll show up in this in this set of raids. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, so you'll have to let me know when, when you come across it if it's Eden. Cause I that's, mean, that's going to be, a, like, next year. <laughs> but it's an interesting choice because, totally. like, if you're telling me that the name of it is Eden, I'm, Im immediately going to, oh, Eden, the summon. Like, I'm interested to see, like, how yeah. that would translate. Because Eden the Summon, I don't know if you ever used her, but she is a weird summon. Very weird. There's apparently artwork for what they are going to use as Eden? I don't know. Hmm. Artwork done by your boy Tetsuya Nomura. <laughs> <laughs> so you want a goth Eden? <laughs> you want to send it to me? Um, Yeah. I don't know if this is actually going to be a thing in the game or not. Because I don't... I don't know. I don't know if I've seen actual Eden in this game. I may have, and just in the cutscenes, and just there's a lot of cutscenes, so I might have just glossed over it. But Eden is an interesting looking summon. I will. There might be that. someone else. I don't know. Because it says Gaia artwork, so it might be someone else. Yeah, it's not Eden. But uh, yeah, this that's the like the current. Um current raid segment for for the six mansion like they had previously done like uh alexander they'd done like um Ooh, alexander neat it was like a big mech thing it was really cool um you like mechs i do they did omega for the the stormblood expansion so you had to fight through a bunch of that you got a little chocobo friend to help you along the way 
Um, so yeah, like this game, obviously it's a Final Fantasy game. They're going to implement Final Fantasy, you know, Easter eggs and fan uh, fan service throughout the entirety of this. But mm-hmm. they do it really well. Like it's obviously a thing you could like just do haphazardly, but they do they do a lot of it just very very well. Like there's like music from all those games in this thing. Like some of them are remixed and everything. So. It's, yeah, uh, a lot of the eight remixes are super good. It's a it's a very good game. I'm glad that you like it. You have to spend a lot of time to get to, but it is uh if you put the time in and and effort and everything, like it's a game that's gonna reward you. So obviously this was a very brief look at <laughs> But uh it's fun. It's really good. Um it's not something I look at and be like, oh, man, I, I wasted 19 days of my life playing this game. Like, no, I I had a blast for, like, most of this. So it was a very enjoyable journey through uh, the last, well, like, what, six months? Not six months. Four months that I've been playing this pretty constantly. Oh, uh, one of the other, like, big fan service things is that you get a... Um, you get the mech you- from Final Fantasy VI, the mount. Yeah, the Magitek. The Magitek armor, and it plays Terra's theme. <gasps> Neat. Which is very good. Neat. So, yeah. Cool. It's really good. Experimental Final Fantasies. They are. They can be good. Sometimes they can, they can be, be bad, but... <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. These two are good. 15. I mean, I will, I will definitely say Final Fantasy XIV is the good side of Japanese Square Enix. They are the the side of Square Enix that's like putting out constantly good work. Yeah, I mean compared to some of the other sides of Square Enix. Oof. After having put so many hours into fifteen and like regretting every single one of them, mm-hmm. like I'm glad that Let you. Let me tell don't you about Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they would put the car out again. I would get the car as a mount. <laughs> I would drive around in the Final Fantasy fifteen car. Well, so, so I don't have to have you sit here for another, like, six and a half hours. I think we're going to wrap this episode up. Yeah, let's, let's wrap it up. Um, um, uh, so if you'd like more from us, go to SeasonalMeCheckup.com or SCC.cool. It's where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts, like this Seasonal Checkup and Jared Now Watch. Mm-hmm. You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you'd like more from Anladium, go to Anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash AnimeCheckup. That's where we do Twitter. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A. So you can get cool things like kitties. <laughs> uh, next week, we'll do something. We'll figure it out. We got two yeah. weeks of uncertainty until December where we, December is already planned out. Everything's planned out. It's crazy. We're on the ball for some of this. Yeah, I'm, for some of it, we're, we're really, really planned out. And, like, the two of us are trying to figure out, like, our lists and all that jazz. Like, there's a lot of stuff happening mm-hmm. in the next, well, month after the next two weeks. Got a month and a half left of this year. Oh, my God. Please don't say that. You got a month and a half left of this year. I, what did I literally just say? <laughs> I said, don't say that. We got a... Oh, my God. I have almost been at my job for a year. They're like, wow, you're very good at your job. I mean, I like to think so, but... I would say that. Yay! I mean, I did pass my review. Yay! So, I mean, that's pretty much them saying, hey, you're pretty good at your job. Yay! 
Uh, so we'll figure something out for next week. You know, something. I don't know. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I'll just talk more about Final Fantasy fourteen next week. We'll just play you the entirety of the Mystic Quest soundtrack. <laughs> Basically. Awesome.